I'm SP from the GuineaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is part of the GuineaGeek.com network. Just like the show you're checking out now, shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other amazing geek shows at GuineaGeekNetwork.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Crash Couch. This is your host, Chris, and joining me today is Joel. Joel, how are you? I am quite excellent. Thanks for asking, Chris. It's great to be here to talk about The Expanse. I wouldn't miss it for the world. That is good to know. I'm I'm glad that I can count on you. Well, yeah, not too far, man. We're not in that type of relationship, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And that other voice you hear is Ernie for the first time in a while. Ernie, how are you? Good. It's uh, good to be back on on the show and uh, talk about The Expanse again with you guys. Yeah, it has certainly uh, been a while for all of us, I think. Well, not for me and Joel, since we just recorded a few weeks ago, but definitely for you. First time this season. Uh, what are you thinking of the uh, season six so far? Uh, definitely suspenseful. Uh, there are some moments that I'm, I'm absolutely loving and still... I think the thing that made me fall in love with The Expanse is the warfare. Uh, not necessarily that I'm an action guy, because I think the politics above all on The Expanse is probably the best thing ever. But I do love that the warfare is almost like submarine warfare. Um, I like that it seems claustrophobic. You know, one wrong, wrong move and you're space dust. So I think it's, it's definitely up the ante. Uh, I do have some concerns. I feel like it is moving at a a quick pace and knowing that this is the last season, um, I'm just hoping for not the ending that we got with Game of Thrones that it felt rushed. So that's probably the only concern. But other than that, um, I'm very excited uh, and happy with what I'm seeing. Good to know. Good to know. Anything from the uh, first two episodes that you want to bring up, something you liked, something you didn't like, or just what you're just because you weren't here last time, so. Yeah, so I think maybe, uh, well, it's continuing in the story at least, and um, you guys may disagree, but who knows. I don't like what's going on on, um, uh, I'm blanking out on the planet right now, um, was it called Seronia or? Uh, Laconia. Lacorn. yes, thank you. Name after I, the ancient Greek county of Sparta back in the ancient Greek world. Go ahead. Laconia. Yeah. So, uh, and thank you for the history lesson, by the way. Uh, <laughs> hey, I love talking about history. You know that. <laughs> I love history. So, oh, it's, uh, oh, it's set up now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, in a way, I'm maybe because I haven't read the books, um, not as attached to what's going on on that on that planet. It is kind of creepy to see what's going on with, um, you know, basically the the life forms that are on there. But I feel like, in a sense, it is reminding me of. Um, the Justice League, the the original uh, theatrical version that came out, and uh, the weird Russian family that was just implanted there. So I don't find myself attached to them. Uh, the one thing I'm absolutely loving is how tired, battered, and beaten the Rosinante crew is. Um, you know, with Naomi having the PTSD moment um, when they had to jump ship. And um, just even holding, like, lack of sleep. Uh, Peach is trying to find her her way onto the crew and finally being called crew. Amos and in 
kind of questioning why they're fighting the war. Uh, I'm I'm loving how battered and beaten they are, and I feel like it's always the expanse um, moments that I love is when they humanize, you know, the characters, and we mm-hmm. grow to attach, you know, grow more attached to them. So I think that's probably my favorite moment right now, or moments, uh, just the humanizing and how tired they are. Well. It's great that you brought that up, actually, because it's kind of what I wanted to really focus in on for um, this episode of the show, because as you can tell by the title of this episode, we're kind of going a little bit of fast pace through here. Um, Episodes three, four and five. We didn't get a chance to do something last week when we just had three and four. So I'm kind of wrapping it all all together. So um, we're not falling too far behind the actual airing point of the season. Um, But. I was reading before uh, we got on on tonight. Um, I was reading just I want to see what other people were um, reacting to the season, how they were feeling. So I went to denofgeek.com and was looking at uh, the um, kind of the episode recaps, reviews, whatever you want to call it, um, articles for each episode so far of the season. And it kind of like resonated with me a lot, those articles, because it it agrees with how I'm kind of viewing the season two is that, and we mentioned this a little bit um, on the previous episode was that it's a lot of character drama, but it doesn't feel like a lot is going on. Like the, the plot is technically moving through. Whereas before a lot of the, the plot that was moving was, like event based and revolved around action. Whereas the season is moving the plot along, but it's moving it along through character relationships and character building um, rather than like, Hey, so-and-so like some event happened. So that's how we have to progress the story. And I wanted to see if you guys agree with that or disagree. Um, Cause personally, I, while I'm not, I don't think I'm enjoying the season so far and, you know, we're about to hit the finale next week um, as much as I did other seasons. I'm appreciating it more just from a character perspective. And I kind of wanted to see what you guys thought about that, because I think that these past three episodes didn't really have like it had some really cool moments, but nothing that was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that happened. There was really not like nothing. There was a few things like that but nothing like what we've been used to in the past so just wanted to see what y'all thought about that i think that's a very good point chris i think with the characters we're getting layers upon layers upon layers of character development and not only that you know we have like new characters uh, or, or or old characters minor ones who are stepping up and we're learning more about them right Monica Stewart got was returned this episode in episode uh, uh, the fourth one I think uh, we have uh, I think it's Michio Machio uh, yep. one of the the partners of, of uh, drummer right and yeah. we see some major development points with her as well as the major characters like Code and and all the rest of the crew but I'm with uh, Ernie like there's one episode left. Like, like I've read the books. I know what's supposed to be happening. There's no way they're going to wrap up anything in terms of some sort of satisfying resolution in one episode. Like, uh, is the next episode going to start 20 years in, in the future? I have no idea. This is nuts. <laughs> I agree with the assessment as well, Chris. I feel like 
you know what it is? It's a it's a pot of boiling water. You put on a pot of boiling water on the stove. You know, um, before it boils, it takes a while to get to that point. Um, so I feel like you know we're watching this this water boil, but once it starts to boil, that's when things get cooking, right? I feel like the the character development has been something. I think that I I feel has been missing the last two seasons. Um, but something I loved about one and two. Um, so I, I completely agree with the assessment there. Nothing has happened. We're watching like a slow chess game, but, uh, the character development has been, uh, beautiful in the sense that everybody has a, has an emotion about what's happening in the moment. Right. But I think everybody's right and wrong at the same time. And I think that's, that's a good conflict to have the, uh, specifically I'm thinking about Naomi and Holden when she was like, you know, talking about the the missile being disarmed and just the agreement disagreement that they had, you know, uh, that I think just sets the whole tone for the show, but yeah, it's a fair assessment. Also, there's been lots of bar scenes, so that has made me very happy. Almost every episode, <laughs> someone's lots. drunk or someone's, you know, drinking, you know, at the bar. Lots of bar scenes, no brothel scenes. <laughs> oh, well, that's not on scene. That's cough scene. Yeah, so, oh, well. <laughs> Can't have everything. <laughs> Do you guys think that this will be, um, this approach towards this season will end up paying off with the finale? I don't know. Like I said, I have fear. I think hopefully they're setting up for a future film. I really hope they are, uh, but it might be a cliffhanger. I'm thinking it might be a major cliffhanger. Yeah, it's going to be like another Christmas surprise for us. You know, bam, another season. I'm a little worried about it, though. Uh, it does feel quite rushed. Uh, I haven't read the books, and already I know there's so much going on. There's so many pieces happening that I just don't know if they're going to cover it all. So, um. It's a uh, it's a bit worrisome. I'm I'm not sure I'm going to be satisfied with the ending, but I could be wrong, and I will eat my words if I am. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, um, Ian, who is unfortunately not able to join us this season um, due to just a lot of stuff going on in his life that just doesn't leave him to be um, available for it. Uh, he tweeted. Um, a few days ago, he said, how is there only one more episode left of The Expanse? You know, we're seeing all of this side story um, on Laconian glimpses of the um, Laconian ship, not to mention the issue with the ships disappearing, which we saw last se- the, at the end of last season. It's driving me nuts. And he said, hopefully, the, hopefully one day the show's story is completed. And, you know, I'm not a book reader either yet, uh, although this really makes me want to. And I, I, I kind of I know that there's a, a time jump at the end of book six going into the last three. Um, and so this is where, you know, we have this natural stopping point, but we're getting these little bits and pieces of things that I'm assuming sort of set up what happens in those last three books. And I wonder is, is this the, the show creators just wanting to, tease that and maybe have some sort of like movie or mini series or something that would tell the rest of that that we just don't know about that um is being held close to um 
everyone's chests that's involved on the production team. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to get another proper season seven of the expanse as we know it. Um, but you know, is this setting up for something or is it literally just, Hey, if you want to know the rest of the story, here's, you know, a little tease of it. Go read the books. It feels like a firefly situation, right? Where people were so behind the, the show that they demanded a movie. It does feel like we'd get some sort of Amazon prime movie from this. Yeah. Or Star Trek, the motion picture. Yeah. yeah. Really dating myself, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> love the haircut of the one woman in that, by the way. Uh, uh, but saying that I think, yeah, they definitely need more time, more way to actually tell the story because there's no way in my humble opinion, they will wrap up this, uh, in one episode. There's too many loose the plot threads, this character development stuff, and it's the expense. You know, I, I was uh, re-watching the episodes uh, today, and I must admit, you know, you, you said earlier, Ernie, your favorite thing about the expense uh, was a bunch of things, which I can't recall right now. But my favorite thing, <laughs> believe it or not, is, okay, the theme music uh, when, when the intro comes on. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. How they changed uh, the... the the intro in terms of the imagery based on what sees it. And to me, as soon as that comes on uh, with uh, the, the, the singing in the region, right. In a very primal medieval approach to things almost it's like, it, it's the spirit. It's our heart of humanity going out to the great expense. That gets me every single time. Yeah. And I, I was hoping you would have said, uh, before we hit record, of course, I uh, <laughs> was singing the uh, theme song to the guys just to test my microphone. Uh, but I, it looks like we're all in agreement. Uh, the writers are sneaky and uh, we'll be having another season of The Crash Couch. Stay tuned. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. Yes. Yeah. Don't Let lock me, me into up. any commitments, Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's on the Internet. It's already locked in, man. <laughs> Um, I was reading something. The, well, I didn't read it, actually, but because I didn't want to spoil myself, potentially. But uh, I was going through uh, Twitter, and I saw somebody um, had posted an article. Uh, I guess they've they've seen screeners or something of, um, of the finale. Because uh, I think this was, like, before either season or before episode four or episode five came out, one of those. And they said that The Expanse ends in one of the best, like, I don't know if they were talking about the finale episode or just the whole final season as a whole, but they said the expanse ends in one of the best ways or like the finale as a whole is some of the best, like final bits of TV that they've seen. Do you think the last Uh, episodes are longer too? It could be. I'm hoping that we get at least something that's an hour. Uh, right now, I think we've, the maximum we've gotten maybe is like 50 minutes, but I'm hoping that we get something that's an hour or maybe an hour plus, um, or, or maybe like a mini film almost. That that would be good. Um, just other, because otherwise, I think it would, might be a bit of a, you know, I don't want to say a letdown, but you know, maybe I don't know. I don't want to be let down. I don't want to. I was not a Game of Thrones <laughs> fan. Um, I've not seen anything beyond like the first episode of that show. And I like that still that was how many years ago now? And it's still talked about as that's how you butcher a final season. <laughs> Chris, 
please, please don't bring that up, man. I'm still suffering from PTSD. I, I'm still going through <laughs> some really negative stuff in my life. But yeah, that's how the industry and money decisions affect art. And no, if you have a great story, like the expense is a great story. It needs room to tell the story properly. Mm-hmm. And this is why I don't think the expense is dead. I think there's something around, you know, over the horizon, so to speak. I hope it's just not, you know, books. I think the series is the SAG is probably done. But, you know, there's comic books, maybe video games, role-playing, which, of course, the expanses started as a role-playing game way back in the day as an idea. Uh, there has to be something like that because this series is so good on so many different levels. The politics, I agree with Ernie, it's great, love this stuff. The characters, uh, the science, the what-ifs. Like all this stuff and, and planning it out, you know, and, and, and taking risks too. Taking risks in, say, using the Bolta language and developing a language for the TV show or how they portray multiple couples in relationships, right? Uh, you know, all that stuff. That, these are risks. And, and the, the, the finer points, like the graffiti I always see on the walls or, or the bulkheads of the space stations or, and, and starships. You know, uh, that's just, to me, it speaks to our present day. Or the tattoos, you see. Or, or the number of bars. Wait, I, I talked about bars already, right? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I like about the book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I agree, Joel. Uh, this has been one hell of a ride, I think. Uh, no matter what happens with the, the season finale, I think everything that's happened so far has been so satisfactory to me. I went from not knowing anything about the show to to chris convincing me to watch it and uh lo and behold like five episodes into the first season i was like i'm hooked um there's been beautiful moments uh really big moments and even small moments that uh i wanted to point out as well i love the moment where naomi's trying to figure out what holden's kind of given to her to distract her right and her coffee cup is floating in the air and you know, the, the gravity comes off and she reaches her hand out and catches it. Those little small moments, they're not big, but they're so cool, you know. Um, down to the even the like the first or second episode, I think uh, one of the crew members, I'm blanking, dude, there's so many characters to remember. Forgive me, I'm forgetting. But one of the crew members that got his head blown off and then the, the hole in the hole <laughs> and all the blood that was coming out, like stuff like that is just, he, he, it's hard to forget. You know, because the show itself, uh, on top of having very good science, uh, it's just visually stunning, despite what Joel says about the CGI. And I snuck oh, it in. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, like I said last episode, uh, the CGI in the later seasons are kick, out, uh, kick butt. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's great, especially like this season, the amount of CGI or at least attention to detail of all the different TV screens and monitoring, like look at the details. Wow. Yeah. I mean, but the, I mean, just the characters that have been created in this show are just unforgettable. Like Bobby being the badass that she is, you know, and I, I can go down the line, but this show has been one hell of a ride from being canceled to panicking, having it picked up by Amazon and being a fan of that and, you know, riding the waves with that. And Yeah. Even the controversies, unfortunately. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that I've really liked from these three episodes is to see really the development of Marco and Philip and their relationship. 
Um, you know, before last season, we were seeing a lot of uh, Marco Villa together, uh, plus Naomi being in their presence. Um, and we got to see what they were like. We kind of got to see Philip through the eyes of Marco. But now that there's kind of this separation that's built up between them um, to the point of we thought that maybe Philip was going to um, maybe revolt against his dad uh, and try to stop him from what he's doing now. But um, that was even uh, in the scene. Um, I forget. It was either. I think it was episode three um, where they had that uh, battle between the Rocinante and Marco, his his the pillow, yeah, yeah, and uh, they like Bobby like fired that missile, and I actually thought there for a minute that the missile was going to like hit them or like go and maybe kill one of them, but uh, at the last moment, Holden, being the nice guy that he is, uh, disabled the missile, so it wasn't going to blow them up, and they thought it was a dud. Um, which that's a whole nother conversation in of itself. <laughs> but to see that moment happen. And then I thought that Philip was really just going to like take that and, and go away from his dad. But now it almost seems like they're going to be brought back together. And Marco's really been, I've not enjoyed his character as much this season um, as I did last time. Uh, I feel like he's trying to like, I feel like he's gotten too ahead of himself and is really just like tripping over all of this, all of the decisions that he's making. And it's really set up to for Philip to come in and take over that or um, like push him to the side and like takes like center stage. Uh, I don't think I don't know if that's going to happen or not with just one episode left. Um, but that's kind of how I see it. And I've just I've really liked to see um that sort of dynamic because it's like it's almost like you're getting whiplash because at first you had Marco and Philip which is kind of at the bottom and then we had Naomi brought in and then that kind of brought Philip up and raised Marco and then we had the events of uh, at the end of season five really put Marco at the top and then Philip has kind of fallen behind a little bit but now he's back up there and now Marco's going down a little bit so it's just is a big like the tension is just oh it just it's there and i i love it <laughs> philip's uh, development has been very very interesting and uh, i kind of put myself a little bit in his shoes not necessarily the uh you know <laughs> revolution or anything but um i mean listen at his age what what age he's supposed to be in the show he goes from like wanting to sleep with all the women that's like you know unfortunately that just how puberty works for men <laughs> they just want to sleep with a lot of women uh that was believable but then also having this personal conflict of this pull to want to please his dad but also what the hell you know happened with his mom like confuses him and even marco exposing him you know that was that was totally planned by the way where marco kind of angled the camera so philip could you know move his head and hold it and naomi could see him that was all marco for sure i bet my money on that but his his development is believable because he's a young kid who is having trouble making a decision. His indecision is making it believable because of his age. Yeah, I just wanted to go and hit him in the face a couple of times because, uh, you know, what you guys said about Philip is absolutely right. He, he he's struggling. We can see some character development, 
but I don't think he's in place yet to take over leadership responsibilities. I don't think I, I wouldn't trust him to do anything in terms of a leadership role, right? I wouldn't trust this guy to clean out the heads on board the ships right now uh, because he's <laughs> emotionally all over the place, right? And that's not a good place to be. And the reason he can get away with it is because of his, who his father is. I think Marco is the talented one. Philip still has to prove himself. Yeah, the the scene with Marco and and Philip when he released Philip from the little prison and he said he would take care of it. That little conversation they had was very very telling, in the sense that Marco like kind of put him in his place by saying, "When I was your age, we did the same thing. We drank a lot. We slept with a lot of women, but we were always back in line." And he was trying to tell his son that that's all we had. And now Philip has his dad to rely on and he's not seen the consequences of, of his decisions, even though he's on the wrong side, obviously we're, we're we don't want Marcos to exceed, uh, succeed, but watching that perspective of a father trying to teach his son that like, we're all we have. And you're kind of wasting that, um, was a very, very interesting perspective. And that conversation was very telling, you know, cause Mark, you know, Marco is now who we are now, now that we're older, but also Philip is who we were as, as a younger kid. We had trouble making these decisions. We, we didn't know what to do with power when we were in our own lives trying to figure out high school, you know? So it's, it's kind of cool to relate to it, even though we want Marcos to go down. So, yeah. And that actually adds to an aspect of Marco's character because you can't just write Marco off as being a psychopath. Or it's harder to do that because he's showing empathy, or at least he's trying to understand Philip, his son, and he's trying to mentor in, in his own way Philip. Now, is he doing for his own interests, for his own purposes? Yeah, for sure. But at least he's feeling something, and that's not a psychopath. That's no, it's sociopath. not. It's not. And uh, he does make some really cold, calculated decisions for the cause, right? But yes, he is showing some cracks, and shows uh, some human emotion in that he's not a psychopath. Since we're on the subject and I had already mentioned it earlier of uh, Holden dis- disarming the missile, um, do you think that will come back to haunt him in this final episode? Yes. Thousands would die if not millions because a person made a very difficult choice because he didn't want to play God. And there was a personal consequence to that because his lover uh, son would be killed if he would have chose the other direction. Yet, because of that decision, people will die. And that's an awful place to be for anyone. Holden's decisions are... Um, I, I, listen, we're all, we're all behind Holden. I think if we were on his crew, we would be behind him 100%. That decision is super questionable. But seeing it from his perspective, he's the one that's laying next to Naomi, and Naomi is seeing his face every morning. She's the fir- he's the first thing that she sees, and so his reasoning in that sense, yes. But the the weight of that decision is just so heavy that a uh, man, I <laughs> I can't wait to see what that decision does, you know. But uh, there's a scene even with Bobby and Amos. That, that line was thrown around that war is not a good place for good men. And I think that it's going to reverberate in the final episode. Very true. All right. Very true. 
Do you think that Naomi, like, I'm, I don't think, was, correct me if I'm wrong, but she wasn't told that Holden disarmed the missile. Other people, like Amos knows and Peaches know. No, no. Nobody she, else. He, he told her. He did. Yeah, he did? He, okay. Okay. He confessed. He confessed. I can remember. I'm just like, do you think that deep down Naomi appreciates that decision? Because you, if we go back to season five, you know, she had all, like she was playing the Luke Skywalker role to Philip being Darth Vader, like trying to, like Luke trying to go to the Death Star to bring his father back to the light side and defeat the Emperor, which that ultimately happened but naomi kind of did a version of that tried to get at least philip to come with her and it didn't work and she was willing to almost very closely close to dying in order to like do this and nothing has still happened so do you think that she might also live to regret that decision that holden made because he, because you're right, he did it for her. He like if it was anybody else, he wouldn't have disarmed the missile. He would have just kept going. But I just, I feel like it's just something just tells me that that just is it's going to come back to bite them. Yeah, Chris, these are very difficult questions, and like any difficult questions, I think people will go back and forth on. And I can only imagine what Naomi's feeling as a mother, because I'm not—I'm not a dad. I'm never on a mother, uh, and just to know the consequences of these decisions, you know, what the stakes are. You can rationalize it. You can use intellect. You can try to reason things out, but you're never going to divorce yourself from emotions when you're dealing with with your kids, and that's hard. I think. Uh, I think Naomi would, you know, recognize the politics of it, but deep down, I think Hoden's right. You know, if Hoden would have uh, killed her son Philip, Naomi would never forgive him at, at some level. Never. That's just uh, evolution at play, I think. Yeah, I think these are uh, everyday decisions, even, you know, as a metaphor for us, our own lives. These decisions, these hard decisions that we have to make as the father here in the group, you know, I have a five-year-old son. In the moment right now, he's five years old. Now, granted, I don't think my son will ever be a bad person. I'm doing my best to raise him as, as best I can. Uh, that doesn't mean that an uh, outside influence can't steer him the wrong way. I'm just going to try to be a part of his life and hopefully teach him to make the right decisions. Now, if we were fast forward and you know knock on wood it doesn't happen like he starts making some bad decisions i think i'm still gonna love my kid you know what i mean because i'm gonna think about the moment i'm in now when he's five years old but yes uh, naomi's uh, you know, she doesn't see that moment uh that holden is talking about that she will always see him if he were to not disarm that that missile as the person who took her son away even though she said to him that it was hopeless she she tried there's still going to be that thing in the back of her head and that's i think that's the character development we've been talking about um that the season has really brought and 
hard decisions are hard to make, you know, and they always say that the best decision to make is one that you make and one and the hardest decision to make is, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I'm totally blundering that one, but uh, no, it's, it's a good quote. The hardest decision to make is to make a decision, right? Yes. And yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a terrible thing to not make a decision. Like nothing happens or something bad happens. So I, I guess it's just, it's a metaphor for our own lives, making these, these tough decisions because, you know, life can be hard. And so I, I'm really appreciating what's, what's happening. It, they're tough conversations. What we need to do is we need to put Philip and Hoden at the bar, lock the door, <laughs> open up the, the liquor cabinet, and give them 24 hours to sort their shit out. Oh, their stuff out. <laughs> what it give us your best whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really interested to see. Because, I mean, like I said, like we said this whole time, this season is just about character development. And if we can really have that pay off, in this final episode and whatever may or may not come after that, then I think, I think it'll be more impactful than if we just had to sit and watch a whole bunch of action and fighting and events happen. Like we have in some of the other seasons before. Well, you know, one of the things to think about too, about Holden's decision is the fact that they found the, the quote unquote dud bomb right now they're going to use it. So what is that Uh bomb going to be used? And is that decision going to come and haunt Holden and I have to believe it is or else they wouldn't have made a big deal about finding that missile unfortunately that war yeah. Joel since you've read the books I've got a question for you obviously you kind of know from the book's perspective what's supposed to happen going forward and we're sitting here talking about um, things that are being set up that probably aren't going to be acted upon at least in this current incarnation of the expanse do you think that they will make any big changes from what happens in the books to putting it as like wrapping some stuff up in the TV show. The universe is so big. It's a wide open expanse. And I'm sure they will make certain changes to the TV show versus the books. But no, that the scale is too large. What they're trying to do either. They will really streamline it and dumb it down and it would not work whatsoever be superficial or they're going to spend some quality time at it and to do that well we're going to lose characters because it takes place over a number of years to me it's the big picture stuff that i find fascinating basically the politics of it right not just at, at a tactical and strategic level of you know who has power but rather you know what's the future of humanity so philosophy plays a role in that Right, and, and and it's just not humanity. We have still have this proto proto molecule around, and we got things happening with the gate. That's the larger mystery, and yeah, they still have to answer that. And quite frankly, the uh, the book nine just came out maybe a month or two ago, and uh, I, I finished reading it last week, and it's a doozy. It's a great way to end the, the expense novels as a series. My, my mind is just spinning because there's so many possibilities right now. What about you, Chris? Do you, you answer your own question? Obviously, you didn't read the book, but do you think the writers will change for the sake of um, story, or do you think they will at least dumb it down but still kind of stay true to the book? Uh, it. 
I personally, I think that there is something else with the expanse that's happening post the TV series, such as a movie or something along those lines. I, I just I don't think that they will just say, oh, go read the books strictly because the books are are different um, than or some events of the books are different than what we've seen up to this point. So, like, I don't know if you can say, oh, like you can't set like build up this great TV show for six seasons and then say, okay, there's three more books that come after that, but you got to go read those. If you want to know what happens when you've already changed some things and like characters have died or characters have been replaced that in, in the, uh, from the, in the TV show that did not happen in the books or vice versa. So like you gotta, like, I don't, I don't think that the, the, they'll do that. Um, the authors have already said that, you know, the uh, production company owns, you know, the rights to do whatever they want. So if they want to make a movie or, you know, a like a mini series, a, a spinoff sort of to tell this other other thing, then go for it. I think that they're going to do something. So my answer to that would be, I think that they will maybe change a few things to wrap up the TV show as it exists, season one through six. Um, maybe, maybe not like massive changes, but just wrap, like wrap up some of the loose ends that may have been like, would normally be further explored that way. If they go in and do something moving forward, uh, with the last three books, then they don't have to worry about those loose ends. They can go focus on like the bit, the bigger points of each of those three novels. Um, that way they can like you know, they don't have to worry about, oh, well, we have this one little thing from the TV show that we have to sort out. Like, no, just sort all of that out now, even if it's something you have to bring in, like, a, a future from the future, bring it to now to wrap it up for the TV thing and then move on. Chris, I think you, to quote, a keen eye for the possible. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of agree. I, I agree with you, Chris. I agree with for, you. For example, let's say just for a minute that, um, well, I don't want to unintentionally spoil myself. So let's say, for example, um, like we have Alex died last season. Obviously, that was something that they had to do because of the person that played him. Um, let's assume for a minute that that happened this season. And um, I'm pretty sure that Alex doesn't die at least through the last uh, book. Sorry if that's a spoiler for anything, but I think we all could kind of guess it at this point. Let's assume that he would, he, that's something that would happen like later on. And then they would just take that and bring it to like now to deal with like a, a real life event. That would be something that I would want them to do in the show um, versus, uh, you know, just letting it linger and hoping that it gets resolved in some other fashion. Because it makes more sense to put it here now than it does to maybe or maybe not do something with it down the line. Yeah, I can see that. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I I have trust and faith in the writers, obviously. And from what I from what I've read and even some of the YouTube videos I've watched of you know, people's criticisms of, of the show as they, they go on, good and bad, obviously. 
they haven't strayed too far from the path. The path is basically the same. Sometimes a character will do something instead of having a book character do it. Um, and that is because they didn't want to expand so much on having 20 more characters, right? Like it's just one of those things that makes sense that one of those people do it, but the, the emotion is still the same. The event is, is pretty much the same, uh, or at least it happens and the story moves forward. So for the sake of that, you know, I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. What happened with, with Alex, unfortunately, or, you know, uh, Cass, yeah, it's as unfortunate, but it, it still moves the story forward and, you know, uh, and we're, we're kind of going with it. So I think, I think it's going to be left open-ended as you say, Chris, you put it more el- eloquently than I did. But, um, but I think from another perspective, we're talking about it as, as fans, we're the ones analyzing it and, and talking about it and podcasting about it. There's the people who just watch the show for entertainment purposes. And I think they'll, they'll be satisfied and, and they don't want necessarily to explore what I want to explore. Like let's say more of Amos's story and background or more what, what the hell's going on with the proto molecule. I want to, I want more of that, but I think this is going to be wrapped up, you know, nicely with the bow on top. And I think both fans and just people who just love to watch the show will be satisfied. But I do think I know I would put some money on it that it's going to be left open-ended. One character arc that I'm really happy we're seeing a lot more of, especially in this most recent episode, is Drummer. Um, Some of the things, obviously, that she's gone through in the past few seasons um, were just awful, (laughs) to to put it simply. Um, But to see her kind of like go from where we met her up to now is just it's so powerful. And then that scene that we had um, when uh, her and Naomi interacted was just like heartbreaking because like she's had so much of this stuff happen. And then we had that ordeal with um, some of her, uh, the people that were on her ship, Um, they go and uh, one of them tries to save her and uh, gets something like a, uh, one of those storage crates falls on his arm and have to amputate that. And then now it looks like he's not gonna be able to regrow that. It's going to be a prosthetic. And then that's a whole ordeal. And then um, she finds out that those two aren't going to be joining her anymore. So she has to deal with that. And then she goes up to the, to the security checkpoint when she's about to talk to um, Avasarala. And they just let her on through because she's Naomi. like, who? What? Naomi. She went to go see Naomi. Or Naomi oh, ambushed sorry. her. Yeah, That's right. Naomi. Yep. yep. And um, she goes and gets up to the security and can go just go through because she's like she has special clearance or whatever and some of her own kind like start to turn on her and like how does you know so much of this is about factions and about the type of people in class and it's it's one whole story and then you have this moment of like this is what you've been building up to you're trying to say hey i am still you i'm still like i'm still one of you we're all on the same side but then you just have like this one little moment of literally just going through security that makes you look at things in a different way. And then she has to go deal with the conversation with Naomi, which I I thought that was just a beautiful scene between two amazing actresses. Yeah, Drummer's story uh, is unfolding beautifully, especially because we know Drummer as a badass. She is 
tough as nails. But it's nice to see her break down for a moment because holding all that that emotion in eventually is going to come out. And Naomi brings it out of her eloquently with the uh, F word. So, <laughs> um, but I, I kind of disagree just a little bit uh, in the sense that I don't think her people are turning on her. Uh, it was more like respect. Like you have the right to go through. You should go through. Don't waste your time here. Like you've like in a sense that she was saying like you've made it. Go go through that checkpoint. Don't don't be here with us rabble. But I think it's because they look up to her. Uh, and that's the way I interpreted that scene. I could be wrong um, or right. It doesn't matter. You know, uh, sorry, go ahead, Joel. I think there's some beautiful metaphors happening with this, uh, the, her partner who, who got the quake toss on him and he, and he lost an R. Yeah, Joseph, arm. right? Yeah, Joseph, right? Because you think about that, you know, first thing, yeah, it's a hack job, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> Joma had to keep an arm's length from it, pun intended. <laughs> but of course, when they try to regrow the arm, there's problems, right? So ultimately, what will have to happen again is that he will have to lose his arm. Sometimes you just have to hack off bad things. So I think that metaphor plays into the Belter's mentality, right? Even these different fractions within the Belter, uh, you know, on Sarah Station, right? Uh, at the security checkpoint, you have the system administrator, you know, giving uh, drummer grief, uh, Nico, right? Oh, was it Nico? Yeah, Nico, son, Joanne, yeah, played by Joanne Fenicola. I think that the name's right. Please forgive me. But yeah, there's a, ba- a lot of, bunch of backtalk happening. But sometimes you just have to let bad people go away and deal with the people you have, right, to, to have progress. So uh, it's an interesting use of the the limb metaphor. Very interesting. (laughs) It it adds to the body of the work, right? Oh, never mind. (laughs) One too many puns there, Joel. (laughs) You got the finger on on something there. No, okay. I think the important thing too, just even from Drummer and Naomi's perspective in that conversation is that they both want what's best for the belt. And I like that they both don't know what that is, but I think they want to grow something out of it. And seeing that perspective from a hardened person is very, very, um, this is very nice to see on screen, you know, and Kara G, I probably one of my favorites on the show next to Frankie Adams, uh, she, I think, just plays an excellent character. Yeah, she actually got some spotlight. Um, I saw, I don't know what exactly, I didn't look into it further, but um, one of the Expanse accounts was uh, retweeted a article or something about her. She got like a performer of the week or something along those lines. And I'm still, by the way, on that kick. I think, I believe her eyeshadow is a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, have you all been watching the uh, X-ray features, um, like the little bonus, like four to five minute, um, I guess, scenes or set of scenes uh, that come with each episode? I have not, man. I, I've been so busy. I'm going to try to revisit it, but I'm sure they're very uh, insightful and, and mm-hmm. uh, in, in so many different ways. Yeah, it's called One Ship, and it... 
Um, you have to, if you want to do a rewatch of the season, including those, like I said, they're only like four to five minutes, but they really, um, each one kind of focuses on uh, one of the characters or in some cases, uh, one or two cases, um, like two or three characters. And um, I didn't start watching them until like last uh, last week um, for episode four, but it kind of tells like... Um, like a little short snippet of what's going on, like alongside the episode or in between, like um, in between two of the episodes. So there, I definitely recommend that you what you guys watch them um, as well as anybody that's listening to this. Uh, Cause it, it's, you know, nothing super major is going on, but um, it is uh, interesting and it definitely adds to the uh, adds to the season. Cause it's pretty much like, I think, I think the let this past one was the last one that they did. I don't think they're going to release one um, for next week. So it's essentially like, you know, 25 minutes of extra material in the season uh, that's hiding in the in the X-ray sections. So definitely go check those out when you can. I haven't watched them myself. Um, that's because I burned through all five episodes that we're talking about today. Uh, unfortunately, life is starting to slow or life has slowed down for me that I was able to watch him. But before that, man, life was, uh, and it was work and the holidays. Uh, so mm-hmm. it is nice to catch up, but I will say, uh, it's kind of like, you know, what you're describing, Chris, when you go to the restaurant and they ask if you want fresh pepper on your salad. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this got me thinking. I think what I would love to see just thinking on the outside the box is I want to see like a cocktail book. You can buy, at your bookstore about the cocktails of the expense what about a they cookbook had them for star wars and a cookbook too It'd be great i haven't seen that yet mind you i still want my theme park but i'll set it for the cookbook and the cocktail book for now what do you guys think i'm down let's uh let's back it <laughs> make some kibble cool All right, guys. Well, we are approaching the hour mark. Is there anything else you want to touch on from these these past three episodes? I know it's not a. We did a lot of talking about the future and building up towards the finale, but um, I mean, you know, it's it's a little difficult to talk about some of the character moments. Like, it's better just to go watch it. Like, stop listening to us. Just go watch it again if you want to, because um, you know they put it on screen a lot better than we can sit here and talk about it. But I want to talk about the last moment of episode five, which is the meeting between officer Allah and drummer. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a great scene. What a great scene. Uh, just the tension behind it. It's <laughs> there's this, you know, feeling that they, they don't like each other, but they need each other. And there's this feeling of um, like, let's meet in the middle. And then the tension if you look at the people's faces behind them, uh, what what is Drummer going to do? But everybody believes in Drummer, and Avasaral is calculated, but also a person who's trying to move in a new direction. And so who can trust who? And there's all these questions, but the handshake at the end is like, okay, we have an accord. Let's let's do this. That that moment was so powerful, especially you know nowadays. You know when we got the uh, female empowerment. Uh, you know you have two very important female characters and just how much weight is in that moment. Um, yeah. I love that scene. I actually 
fist pumped when they they handshaked, you know, because it was <laughs> it was just great. It was just a good moment. That's very cool. I agree with you. That's a great moment. Things that are coming was, together. That was one set. Uh, one scene that I I really liked mainly because this is kind of something that's been building up for at least maybe definitely the last two seasons, maybe even the last three um, of like interaction between uh, the so-called leaders of the, um, you know, earth and and, uh, the belt and just to kind of finally see it and to see them have this handshake at the end, even, you know, the, you know they don't want to, but they kind of just like have to for the for the betterment of um, everyone involved and for the betterment of uh, the respective people. It just has to happen, and just to kind of see it accumulate was, um, again, like this is what the the character relationships have been building up to, and to see something as as like small as a handshake show that is why I'm I'm as much as we've talked not i don't think we've been negative but as much hesitation maybe we've um shown towards the finale i do think that they will wrap it up at least enough to make us feel satisfied and i think this this scene showed that like if you can make me feel satisfied with just a handshake (laughs) then you know who knows what else you can can do with something even greater than that i like that the dialogue has some some weight to it too. And I'm talking about even the, the scene with Amos and, and Bobby again, when they're at the bar, just trying to, you know, piss their, their emotions away, you know, by making themselves numb with alcohol. Ain't that right, Joel? No, I was kidding. <laughs> um, but basically there's a, this also a line that, that Bobby says that this war could be fought for another hundred years and more bodies on, on top of that. Ava Sarala and drummer, shaking hands is for the betterment of both of their peoples. And I just like that, the weight of that moment. So, um, I like that the dialogue beforehand plays a part to what's happening. And then it's having, it's a, a good way to have inner dialogue. You know, the, the thoughts that are in our heads, but like, you can't put that on screen, have somebody else say it and then see it happen through other characters. is just really cool. How the, the writers kind of fit that in. By the way, just a side note. Um, I was looking up just now if I could find out how long the finale is going to be, if that was released. And I did see one place say that it was um, going to be 65 minutes. So I don't know if that'll be, if that includes like credits and stuff at the end, or if it'll just be, um, you know, 65 like actual on-screen stuff but so it does look like we'll have an extended episode which is nice to know assuming that that source is correct and i hope like 64 minutes happens in the bar (laughs) (laughs) all right guys well anything else you want to bring up before we wrap this one up yeah i'll just mention two quick things I think this season, the set design has been outstanding. I've been looking at the set yep. design from a, a technical point of view, and it's like, wow, they're putting money in and effort in the set design, and it's awesome. 
Oh, so you'll you'll talk about the set design, but not the CGI, huh? Oh, all right. I see. I'm a practical guy. Come on. Uh, and, and second thing, we saw Prax. Prax was back. Prax, yes. Terry Chen, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and Prax saves the day. This man, that this scientist, is going to save hundreds of thousands of people's lives because we can grow food better. Thanks, Prax. And just so I, I, I kind of piggyback off Joel's comments, I agree with you, man. That the, the people that built those sets, spot on, beautiful work, guys. You guys are the unsung heroes. You guys brought this to life, and uh, it looks great on screen. Uh, so a round of applause for them. So, yes. I actually think um, that this season is probably, well, I think it's probably, from a dialogue perspective, one of the most well-written of all the seasons. Um, not to say the other ones have been bad. This one has just been a little bit more impactful when it comes to, as we've, it's beating dead horse at this point, the character moments. Um, but yeah, you're right. The set design does look good. Uh, visually though, it's, I, I'm, I don't know if it's, if this has always been there, I'll have to do a, like a full series rewatch just to see, but I, f- I feel like we're getting a lot more like little tiny details in the season compared to what we were getting before. And maybe that's just me finally noticing it after um, six seasons. But it's really nice to see, to see that. Yeah, I have to go and rewatch it again when I'm sober to see these things. But uh, (laughs) the details, yeah. (laughs) Actually, I agree with you. I think there's a lot more little fine points. And it's it's quite noticeable. in season six. Well, they did say, I was watching a, a YouTube video um, uh, earlier this week, uh, and one of the producers on the show said that they had to, the reason that they're only doing six episodes is because the budget for the season was going to be so high that they had to um, condense it down from what we've, been, I think before we were getting around like 10 episodes or so. Um, so the budget had to be condensed was so high that they had to condense um everything down and cut out episodes that they wanted to do um and put it into more uh confined timelines so maybe that's why uh, we're more noticing these little little intricacies that put it put it over the top and make it look visually better than other things out there yeah i could see that it's a good point Yeah, anything else before we wrap up? Not for me. I'll take that as a now. <laughs> no, I'm good. Uh, it's been a great uh, hour-long conversation. It's so weird that we're getting to this to the end here. Like, I remember when this podcast started and when uh, Eric and Lou came to me and was like, hey, we're going to do a show about The Expanse. And I had literally just bought the book and I was about to, I had started reading it and I was like, wait a minute, are we doing a podcast about the show? They said, yeah. And I said, okay, well, I'm not going to read the book then. (laughs) (laughs) I want to do it for the sake of the podcast, do it for the sake of the people. But it's weird. Like that was, yeah, go ahead. Chris, I got to tell you something, man. You know, it doesn't end. The universe is a very big place. It's expense. Yeah. There's no ending. It's just going to go on. 
it's going to expand. It's going to keep expanding. Is that what you're saying? I, I am. I am. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> but yeah, to see it, to know that, you know, this time, well, not even this time next week, we're recording this on January the 8th, but you know, here in just a few, a few days, we'll have the end of the show. Well, we're assuming it's the end of the show. And it just is crazy to think. Absolutely crazy. What a journey it's been. All right, everyone. Well, that'll do it for this episode of The Crash Couch. Sorry if it was a little rambly, uh, not as uh, talking about many details in the episodes as usual. But um, I did, since we're getting to this final episode, I did want to make sure that we we spent a good chunk of time kind of recapping how our feelings on everything, um, talking about our impressions and what we want from the finale. Um, so hopefully that was entertaining for you all. If you want to talk to us uh, online, uh, you can do so at Crash Couch. I don't really do a lot of tweeting on there right now um, anymore just because it's super busy and Twitter is just a weird space anyways. I don't even think Ernie has a Twitter anymore. Um, but you can follow the, follow us there for any updates on the show and whatnot. Um, obviously, this will get posted probably in the next day or so. Um, so definitely make sure that you're following there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the curse of Chris. Again, I don't do much tw- as much tweeting anymore, but I, I do check it um, multiple times a day just because there are people on there still that I like to get opinions from. Joel, where can people find you if they want to chat? Yeah, my personal address on Twitter is my first name, J-O-E-L underscore Welch, W-E-L-C-H. I also have my own podcast called the Sci-Fi Podcast, which I do with some other folks in the community. Uh, we're kind of on a hiatus because I'm doing a PhD right now in law, but we did release an episode maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago. So uh, it's up and down. Check it out, the Sci-Fi Podcast. And Joel, I hope that you're going to eventually do an episode on the Last Expanse book. Oh, I'm sure Derek will make me do that. Yeah, so, <laughs> in other words, the, the episode will be restricted to people who wants to learn and talk about book nine of a series. Yeah, oh, thank God I do podcasting for fun. Okay, <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> Ernie, are you online anywhere in the world today? Or are you pretty much just like, hey, I'm uh, my, my telephone number? No, just kidding. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, actually, at your buddy Ernie. And that's correct. I don't have a Twitter anymore. I do feel like Twitter is a weird space, but. Uh, hey, if you want to see me uh, smoke a cigar every once in a while and golf, sure, why not? Follow me on Instagram at your buddy Ernie. I did see your golf post today, and I was super jealous. Obviously, because you know I'm here in Tennessee, you're not in Tennessee, <laughs> so you're you're in a much better climate than uh, than me. So you can actually golf in the middle of uh, January. Yeah, it was a, br- a brisk 56 yesterday. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, I wanted to uh, shout out um, Ian. Ian is unfortunately not able to, like I said earlier in the, uh, in the episode, not able to join us um, for uh, just personal reasons. He, he can't um, can't do it this season. Uh, so we miss him. We value his input. Maybe I can convince him to come on for some final recap once the season is done. But uh, if not, um, go follow him at bearded asmr b-e-a-r-d-e-d asmr uh hopefully 
like I said, I can get him on. But if not, um, he is still tweeting. Go talk to him about the expanse because I'm sure he will love that. I uh, also want to give out give a shout out to Laura. Uh, hopefully, trying to get her on for um, an episode this season, but uh, she is also having um, some scheduling conflicts. Uh, plus equipment issues. <laughs> so not sure if um, we'll be able to get her on. So in case um, in case we don't, I want to shout out her. Her Twitter is at Laura Donut. Thankfully, that's a much better Twitter handle than she used to have. <laughs> uh, that is L-A-U-R-A-D-O-N-U-T. And uh, she does a lot of tweeting about uh, The Expanse uh, and Drummer and all of that good stuff. So... Uh, she will happily talk to you about these minutes. I don't know about Ian, but Laura will definitely do it. So go follow her. Um, yeah, we'll be back uh, probably in a week or so, um, maybe a week and a half, depending on, on scheduling, um, to talk about the finale of season six and perhaps the finale of The Expanse as a whole. So until then, we will see you next time. Take care, everyone. Bye now. Bye.